Talk Live. Your show, you bring up what you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com would be the place to go. All the features there, we give them away. Unlike those other radio talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their websites, we do it for free. Freetalklive.com. So, uh, lots to talk about, as always, tonight, including a, a, I guess, yet another stunning example of police brutality, this time coming out of Los Angeles at yesterday's immigration protest. That's on the way. Oh, God. Uh, But since Wayne is here, and uh, Wayne is uh, sort of a man that knows a thing or two about money, we were actually talking last night. I considered holding this to your night, Wayne, but, you know, I figured you already knew all about it, so... We did it last night. It was a story about the Dow Jones Industrial Average being a record high of 13,000. And in fact, that's actually just an indicator of how bad inflation has really uh, just ravaged the, the U.S. economy. In that's that, right. In that uh, comparing the 1929 Dow high to the 2007 Dow high, it actually buys the same amount of gold. Right. And by inflation, what we mean is the printing of more money. Not Correct. the devaluing, you know, it, it causes devaluation in, in money, but it's it's really what inflation is, is printing more money. So continuing on the uh, the money path, there's a story that you have apparently about Panama. That's right. From Mises.org, there's a story from the 26th of, of April entitled, Panama has no central bank. And it goes something like this. How can a country live without a central bank? <laughs> that's right. That, well, that's the whole thing. When people, when you when you propose that, to people, they say, well, you have to have a central bank. What will they do? There'll be a depression. There'll be runs on banks. We'll all die. We'll be, it'll be like the, the 1929 all over again. Mm. We'll be, we're doomed. But in fact, 1929, the, uh, the, the big fall was really caused by, by our the central, central bank. bank. Right. And That's right. the manipulation, the central manipulation of money supply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- once we had the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. Right. They weren't that good at it at that point. They've gotten better at it to, to yeah. keep our uh, you know, big depressions and um, you know, big spikes uh, down. But now, uh, you know, it's still it's inevitable that it's going to become worthless. And when you when you look back at the, on the Roaring Twenties, they called it. That's the, the time the, the Fed the way that they inflated was through the stock market because we were still on a domestic gold standard. So the way they inflated was that that they propped up the stock market by offering easy credit on stocks. So people were buying these stocks on margin, but they'd only have to put down ten percent for the stock, and they drove the stock market wild. And by twenty nine, it crashed. It's just like it's just another bubble like we've had the last few years with real estate and, and the stock market in the 90s. So it was a credit bubble. Yes, it was a credit bubble, but they, they were able to blow it up in the stock market because they couldn't blow it up monetarily yet because right. we were still on a gold standard. Got I see. it. So, so what's going on in Panama? So anyway, in this post Bretton Woods world of monetary order. Before you, I'm sorry, I'm, I'll let you read that sentence okay. again. I've got a question. Okay. So we were on the gold standard in 1929. How so? I thought we were taken off the gold standard with the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. Not necessarily. No, we still used gold coins and silver coins up until 1933. Okay. And that's when FDR confiscated people's outlawed gold, gold outlawed gold, and went to strictly paper domestically. Mm-hmm. But we stayed on the gold standard internationally. So if we had a trade deficit with another country. We had to ship them gold. We had to settle that somehow, whether it was mm-hmm. goods, services, or gold. Right. And in 1971, because of the Vietnam War and the guns and butter policies of, of, of uh, LBJ, President Johnson, um, Nixon, they kind of freaked out because all of a sudden France wanted gold. Yeah. And, and so that's when they took us off. That's the international gold standard was mm-hmm. 71. And it was funny because after 71, you saw, you saw little things happening. Like we had those oil crises because mm-hmm. all of a sudden our currency was just paper. Right. 
and a lot of that had to do with with money more than people realize. It so, wasn't, it wasn't um, we geological. went off the domestic gold standard in thirty three, and then off the international gold standard in seventy one. Yes. Okay. That's right. I thought the num- the years were a little different, but okay. Yeah. And it's all been downhill the entire time. Yeah, the, the years between 1913 and 1933, there was some incrementalism going on there where we were still on a domestic gold standard, but there were there was a lot of funny business happening in the background, mm-hmm. which eventually culminated into the 1933 gold confiscation and uh, strictly paper. And it's funny because uh, gold was at $20 an ounce before the confiscation. And after they did that, it went to $30, $35 an ounce. It's a heck of a jump. Yeah, they, they, they almost doubled the money supply in a short period of time. Hmm. So back to Panama. So, yeah, back to Panama anyway. Uh, so for a, a real-world example of how a system of uh, market-chosen monetary policy would work in the absence of a central bank, one need not look at the past. The example persists in present-day Central America in the Republic of Panama, a country that has lived without a central bank since its independence, with a very successful and stable macroeconomic environment. The now, abs- there's a lot of U.S. involvement in Panama, as I understand it. Well, they're is letting, there not? Well, there is, because they, they use a dollar there. However, they can't print dollars. So, I see. So what they have to do is they have to buy or obtain their dollars by producing or exporting real goods or services. They, they can't create the money out of thin air. In this like way, every other country has the ability to do with their central bank. That's right. Got it. And in this way, at least, the system is similar to our old gold standard that we just discussed. Annual inflation in the past 20 years has averaged 1%. And there have been years with price deflation as well, 1986, 1989, and 2003. Panamanian inflation is usually between one and three points lower than U.S. inflation, and it's caused mostly by the Federal Reserve's effect on world prices because they're just inflating all over the world. So because the, do- so because the Federal Reserve is pr- printing, printing a bunch of dollars, I mean, some, some estimate 8 to 10 percent inflation in America. That's right. That's having an inflative effect on prices all around the world. All around the world, yes. Got it. And so it affects them a bit internationally. But not as bad as us. But not as bad as us. And if they were on a gold and silver standard in Panama, they would have even less than they have now. I'm sure. But they were still, they're still limited to the number of dollars that they can circulate without producing something right. to create more. So that's good. And the reason that uh, inflation's bad for the average individual, uh, we didn't explain this yet, the, um, the reason that the inflation's bad for the average individual is um, if you put your money in say, your mattress, um, if I put $10,000 in a mattress in 1980, I wouldn't have um, $10,000 worth of 1980 buying power now. I would have something like $5,000, maybe. Maybe less. Maybe right. less. And take, take a millionaire, somebody who's worth a million dollars in 1970. He'd have to have about $10 million now to have the same buying power as he did then. Mm-hmm. Mm. So your, your money just loses value when, uh, when the government inflates the money supply. And so we're pointing out that Panamanians have the benefit of a very limited amount of inflation as a result of not having the central bank. That's right. And if they took the, if they took themselves off of the dollar and actually went to value-backed currency, then it would essentially nullify the inflation. Mm-hmm. That's right. It would create a more stable macroeconomic environment. And Panama is the only country in Latin America that has not experienced a financial collapse or currency crisis since its independence hmm. early in the 1900s. And so their prices have stayed really stable, and that makes for a more stable environment to do business and to raise a family, and educate people, and, and so on. Got it. Okay, so, and, and by the way, in, in mis- many of these historical c- countries that had a fiat currency, uh, there's a lot of societal decay that goes along with the, with the decay in the currency as well. 
How so? Well, people get more desperate because right, they have to spend their money for it to be of value today. What it, you know, it, it won't be tomorrow what it is today. So people are on a spending uh, pattern rather than a saving pattern. That's right. And they're, so they're not investing or saving; they're spending to get rid of the money before it loses value. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if I've got money in a in a bank account, obviously it'd be nice to have it for a rainy day. But on the other hand, if I need to do repairs on my house or something like that, better to do them now rather than later, and be you know that way I can just get the money out of the, the account mm-hmm. and put it into something at least tangible. And it also increase it also encourages excess borrowing because it, if you borrow money today and you're and you're paying five percent interest and the real inflation rate is ten or twelve percent, then you're you're making out. Hmm. Got it. Just like if you put your money in a bank account on a CD five percent on a year CD, you're losing. Yeah, that's what we were talking about last night was uh, Harry Brown's fail-safe investing, his portfolio, this sort of balanced, different investments sort of balancing each other out, making it about 9 to 10% a year. If it's true that inflation is 8 to 10% a year, then that's just barely keeping you afloat. That's I mean, right. You have to, you'd have to speculate and get lucky in order to really, uh, really knock it out of the park as far as investing is concerned. That's right. And let's face it, inflation is a backdoor tax. See, they don't have the guts. It's the one to, you can't get away from. Yeah, you can't get away from it. They don't. They don't have the guts to raise taxes to to uh, balance the budget. So instead, they they cut taxes, but then they increase spending. So the way you make it up is you've got to inflate. You've got to print more money because they can, and everybody gets robbed. One of the reasons everybody. they continue to print money is because the government continues to get bigger, and and one of the areas that they get bigger in is the U.S. military. It's probably the biggest, uh, I guess user of taxpayer dollars amongst the federal government, and there's a story from the U.S. Army today that has to do with censorship, and anybody that's a fan of freedom of speech is going to find this pretty disgusting. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Oh, shame on me, Mark. You've got to catch me when I mess up with that phone sponsor. Oh, I'm sorry. SACL CAI toll-free line. Why am I apologizing? It's your job. Well, you, you should, you're should. you the one that has to audit the commercials, so True. You keep pay attention to me. All right, so uh, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Bulletin board system's there. Over 225,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting, and it's all for free bbs.freetalklive.com. Wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you getting uh, from getting busted with marijuana? Go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that's gained world attention. Nevergetbusted.com. As we go to the phones a little bit here in a, in a moment about uh, Army censorship, but first to Washington State, and it is Andrew on the amplifier line. Hello there. Uh, hey, how you doing? Good, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I'd just like to talk about um, the online uh, currency e-gold and the latest um, charges that have been filed by a grand jury against them. Okay, I uh, I actually saw something about this over, I think it was over the weekend or a couple of days ago, and e-gold, first of all, what is it? Because I don't know if most people know. Okay, well, e-gold is essentially a... Uh, <clears throat> Online currency is alternative to the uh, traditional Federal Turn Reserve Bank system, please. and it's uh, based on uh, gold and uh, other precious metals, so it maintains its buying power. 
So you can have a, a bank account, essentially, in you can choose gold or silver rather than having it in, in U.S. dollars? Uh, exactly, and it's a little bit more private than um, the typical banking system. Cause it is, um, they, they have their system is private? I mean, uh, yes, it is. It's, I mean, they don't okay. release their information to the uh, federal authorities. As I, I bet they, as the feds don't like that crap. Do. Apparently, yeah. they don't like that, and now they're being—I guess—they're being accused of assisting child pornographers. They're being accused of assisting terrorists, assisting you know all the usual suspects. Whenever the the feds want to paint someone with a negative brush. And from what I saw, there was a press release that eGold came out with. It was just so lengthy, I couldn't use it on the air. But essentially, it pointed out that eGold was apparently one of the founding members of some anti-child porn online group. So, I mean, the idea that they're assisting child pornographers is apparently pretty absurd. Well, don't Federal Reserve notes do the same thing? Assist child pornographers? Yeah, they use them in their commerce. Hmm. Well, I, I, it's not the gold as much as the uh, privacy that they're they're going out after. And one could say that um, if you're assisting terrorists and you're assisting uh, uh, you know, child pornographers, shouldn't we be going after all the banks in Liechtenstein um, and you know the Cayman Islands? Shouldn't we be going after all the foreign banks? Yeah, oh. but you can't do that. They're why not? In other countries. Hold on, wait. We're we're tromping all over the globe looking for terrorists. Ian, the problem <laughs> is is that these get banks have been around a long time and they have clout. Yeah, these guys have only been around ten years. Right. That's the issue. These are just normal folks with normal amounts of money and normal amounts of protection. Trying to um, compete in the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, these these banks in Liechtenstein are terrorists by this definition. What sort of charges uh, are the I guess uh, the CEOs and the the guys in charge? What are they facing? Um. Well, they have are facing a seizure of a lot of the um, eagle property. So I guess oh that would include the uh, oh boy. metals that people um, have entrusted to them. So they can seize um, that. That's not eagle's property, though. That's mine yeah. if I have an account. Well, I mean, yeah, technically it's it's yours. But according to the injunction, they treat you know legally, it's treated as the assets of the company and. In all likelihood, you know, it, so it, it depends on how the case would play out. I've heard two. I've heard two different things on this. I've heard that their assets have been frozen, and I've heard that uh, that's not the case. That people that do have accounts with eGold can go and withdraw their uh, their funds. Yeah. Well, what they've done is, if you have um, gold in there, um, from what I've been figure out, you can still transfer like within the system and get rid of and you know take it out of um, in, and convert it into uh, fiat money of whatever type. Uh, but what they have done is sort of like what they did with, um, you know, last year uh, with the uh, Treasury um, attack of the Liberty Dollar, which mm-hmm. they essentially scared people, mm-hmm. and they sort of scared the um, intermediary companies that you go to in order to fund your Eagle account. Now, how do you um, do that? How do you, uh, tell uh, me about these intermediate co- companies. I, I don't know anything about this. Okay. Well, basically what it is, is that if you want to, you know, fund your Eagle account, you have to, you know, convert your U.S. dollars, you know, into gold, right? Okay. So what you do is, if you had a bunch of gold, you could theoretically, you know, send it to the Eagle company and they would store it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't have that, you go through um, a third-party company where you would pay them by um, bank wire or... Um, 
you know, a cashier's check from right. the bank. And they buy, and, and then then they would buy the gold on the market and put it into your account. I see. Got it. And, and so, so the, de- the the gold dealers are basically the ones that are spooked at this point. I can't believe that eGold doesn't do that themselves, but okay. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's some legal reasons for that. Okay. Um, but the thing is, is that in the, uh, the federal suit, um, the Secret Service was claiming that, you know, this is all, you know, not tracked and everything. But, you know, in order to fund your account, at least 99.9% of the time, you have to go through the regular Federal Reserve banking system in order to buy in. Mm-hmm. So if they're really looking for, you know, finding child pornography or terrorists or whatever, they would be going to these large banks that, you know, the, the funding originally came from. Mm-hmm. But either way, either way, people are pretty scared uh, to do business with eGold at this point. Um, I don't know... I'm not sure how this is going to pan out, but it's kind of a it's kind of a spooky situation where they've attacked the Liberty Dollar, they've attacked E-Gold. I mean, who's next? And, and and why now? Why are they all of a sudden getting so uppity and going after these sort of alternative payment methods? Mm. Oh, there are a couple of explanations. But I mean, the most general one would be, you know, the economy is not doing too incredibly well you know, over the last several years, and people are trying to find ways to you know convert to another system. And the only way to keep the, you know, crappy banking system that we're all used to is by forcing people to stay in that system. That's right. That's right. They don't want competition. And we were talking earlier about Panama. And what's really interesting is in the Panamanian Constitution from 1903, there is an article that states that uh, there will be no forced fiat paper currency in the republic. Thus, any individual can reject any note that he may deem untrustworthy. So there's no legal tender then. So that's well. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's in Panama. So, because we were just discussing, it's not Panama. that way here. Because if you look That's at right. uh, if you look at your fiat dollars, you look at your Federal Reserve notes, the dollars in your wallet, they say legal tender for all debts, public or private, which means that the government is forcing you at gunpoint to take those dollars if someone offers them to you for payment of of whatever service right. or chances debt. are chances are not good that that would um, ever occur in the real world, but. Yeah. That is the case. The other thing is, if you have a hunk of silver and you've got no cash and you need to buy food, you've got to convert that silver to FRNs before you can buy food. You don't have to. You could yeah. you, you could arrange some kind of trade with uh, whatever. Uh, I would assume you would have to go to a, an independent grocery store to do such. Right. A thing. Well, you that's until the to, that's yeah. until the FRN bottoms out. I mean, at, at that point, then the, uh, the 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 dealers will probably take whatever they can. Get. Yeah, but I think this whole thing with Eagle is just part of a larger trend that people are starting to look at other avenues for their per- buying power to protect it. And the government wants to shut that down. Andrew, I'm not on the Eagle email list, so do us a favor. Keep us up to date on this uh, case as it continues. Definitely. And thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Shrine of female listeners included the dozens and dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean? By going to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. The U.S. Army censoring soldier blogs. Now, 
there was a story, I think it was probably about a year ago, that was pretty chilling. It was pretty scary in regards to an, another attack on the freedom of speech by the uh, on behalf of the military. Uh, they had one of their troops who he had his own blog, and he's in Iraq, and he'd been known as, I guess on the Internet, known as one of the more active troop bloggers, mm-hmm. one of the more active U.S. military bloggers. And I guess it was a pretty popular blog because he was, I guess, fairly honest about what was going on and his op- his opinions and his feelings about the war and and the things that were happening over there. Well, I guess the brass got wind of it, or they'd gotten wind of it and decided finally to do something about it, because all of a sudden on this guy's blog there appeared a very strangely written retraction. All of a sudden, the guy gets on the blog and, and essentially just takes back everything that he'd said. Did he put any wink-winks in there or anything? You know, basically what it turned out to, to be was that they essentially threatened this young man, mm-hmm. and they told him, you're going to go on your blog and post this, put your name on it, and, or else, you know, or else, whatever. I don't know what they were going to threaten him the with. The brig. The brig or some sort of uh, charges. Who knows? He was scared. I mean, that's obviously the reason why he completely changed his tune and went from being honest with his position to essentially uh, just reposting something that the government told him to post. Well, once you sign up for the uh, the army or the navy or whatever, they own you they for own four you, years. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And it doesn't matter. Actually, it's eight years. Because there's, there's four years, and then there's four more, as I understand it, in the individual ready reserve, where you're not really in the army, but if they want you back... They just take you back. Yeah, but you get free college, man. Yeah, Yeah, no thanks. Uh, And I hear it's not always that easy to cash in on the free college part, too. Right, that's that's a teaser. They tease you with that. I don't know anything about it, but... That's that's what we've heard from people who've been in the military. Like, this kind of a... It's sort of a scam. They're not really very honest and upfront about how the whole college thing works. But anyway, regardless of that, now things have gotten worse in regards to military bloggers. According to Wired Magazine... The U.S. Army has ordered soldiers to stop posting to blogs or sending personal email messages without first clearing the content with a superior officer. Wire News learned the directive issued April. You can't 19- send personal email. You messages? can clear it with an officer. If you uh, hold on, um, if I'm in the military, I can't send a personal message to my mom. You can ask permission first. I assume that they probably have a list of people that you're allowed to send things to that they just say, you, you, everybody always has permission to send an email to your mom, to your girlfriend, to your wife. But, I don't know, man. Oh, please, sir, can I send a message to my mother? But what about your friend, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't my. Know. Uh, anyway, I, I, I'm just reading the news here. So tell us about this friend. The directive email. issued April 19th is the sharpest restriction on troops' online activity since the start of the Iraq War, and it could mean the end of military blogs, say observers. Military officials have been wrestling for years with how to handle troops who publish blogs. Officers have weighed the need for wartime discretion against the opportunities for the public to personally connect with some of the most effective advocates for the operations in Afghanistan and Iraq, the troops themselves. Secret keepers have generally won the argument, and the once permissive atmosphere has slowly grown more tightly regulated. Soldier bloggers have dropped offline as a result. And then they actually have a copy of the rules in PDF format, so if you want to go and read them yourself... Uh, They require a commander be consulted before every blog update. Quote, 
this is the final nail in the coffin for combat blogging, said retired paratrooper Matthew Burden, editor of the Blog of War anthology. He said, no more military bloggers writing about their experiences in the combat zone. This is the best PR the military has. It's the most honest voice out of the war zone, and it's being silenced. Now, the analog um, version of this is, if you want to write in your diary, soldier... You, every time you put, a, you put a uh, page in, you have to ask permission for your command, from your commanding officer. Well, the difference is if you're writing in a diary, it's not instantly published for the it's world to see. It's not instantly published, but you could publish it later if you so chose. I mean, it's not – you're right. There are some differences. The Internet has made the world uh, much more communicative, but so. Army Regulation 530-1, Operation Security – Restricts more than just blogs, however. Previous editions of the rules asked Army personnel to, quote, consult with their immediate supervisor before posting a document that might contain sensitive and or critical information in a public forum. The new version, in contrast, requires an OPSEC, security, review prior to publishing. Anything from weblog postings to even comments on Internet message boards, from resumes to letters home. Failure to do so, the document adds, could result in a court-martial or administrative, disciplinary, contractual, or criminal action. They're serious about this. Despite the absolutist language, the guidelines author says there's some leeway in the enforcement of the rules. He says, quote, it's not practical to check all communication, especially private communication. He noted in an email, some units may require that soldiers register their blog with the unit for identification purposes with occasional spot checks after an initial review. Other units may require a review before every posting. But with the regulations drawn so tightly, many commanders will feel like they have no choice but to forbid their soldiers from blogging or even using email, said one of the uh, soldiers who won a Bronze Star for, uh, for his service in Iraq. Quote, if I'm a commander and I think that any slip-up and think that any slip-up gets me screwed, I'm making it easy. No blogs. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, if you take the blame as a commander for the actions of your underlings, then why even take the risk of allowing them to go online and, and do those things? Sure. Uh, so, he says, uh, apparently he's the Why writer. let them write emails to their moms? He says, I think this means the end of my blogging. Active duty troops aren't the only ones affected by the new guidelines. Civilians working for the military, army contractors, even soldiers' families are all subject to the directive as well. That's ridiculous. You got a wife at home waiting for you? She can't talk about you on the internet. She can't talk about military activities on the internet. Oh boy. But, but while the regulations <laughs> may apply to a broad swath of people... Not everybody affected can actually read them. In, Kafka-esque, in a Kafkaesque turn, the guidelines are kept on the military's restricted Army knowledge online intranet. Many Army contractors and many family members don't even have access to the site. Even those able to get in or finding their access is blocked to that particular file. Now, how could it be that if you're a, in a soldier's family, how could you be bound by these regulations? I guess um, it's sort of a hostage situation would probably be the uh, the easiest way to explain it. Because right. you never signed an agreement. No, that's right. You know what? What if uh, what if I started dating some girl that uh, was um, you know was a military member? Mm-hmm. Um, for one, my wife wouldn't like that. But um, if suppose I didn't have a wife. Um, right. Suppose I started dating some girl who was a. Uh, you know, uh, a military person, and, and she started talking to me about this kind of stuff, and I decided to write about it in my blog. I guess that what they could do is they said, you're revealing classified information to a civilian. Mm-hmm. You're going to be punished. So, 
Therefore, I can't write because my would they punish would be you or would they punish the girl? You're saying the they girl. punish the girlfriend. The girlfriend would be punished right. because um, she revealed whatever sort of information that they deemed um, classified or whatever, and, and now she's in trouble. Yeah, during the '90s, my sister was engaged to a guy who worked at an aircraft company where they did the helicopters for the presidential fleet, and his security clearance was going to be redone real soon. My family was under surveillance for over a year. We found out later. Wow, that's a little spooky. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, again, family members, they can't blog. Uh, even though it's supposedly rewritten to include rules for contractors, I'm not allowed to download it, said an Iraq War veteran now working as a contractor to the Armed Services Blood Program. The U.S. military, all militaries, have long been concerned about their personal personnel inadvertently letting sensitive information out. Troops' mail was read and censored throughout World War II. Back home, government posters warned citizens that careless talk kills. Military blogs or blogs as they're known in service member circles, only make the potential for mischief worse. On a website, anyone, including foreign intelligence agents, can stop by and look for information. Quote, all that stuff we used to get around a bar and say to each other, well, now, because we're publishing it in open forums, now it's intel, said a retired Army officer and a mill blogger. 800-259-9231, a little bit more about this. Your comments, if you are in the military, can you even call the show and talk about this? We'd love to hear from you if you can. 800-259-9231. No need to identify yourself. That's right. We don't want to get you in trouble now. Right. Or if you're former military, inactive, ready reserves, you want to chime in on this, want to hear from you. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. Ed Wayne. Ed Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by going and voting for us. It is that time yet again. A new month means we need a new vote from you over at vote.freetalklive.com. Com. It takes you less than a minute. All you need is your email address, and it makes a big difference for us because your votes help propel us to the top of the podcast charts at podcastalley.com. Last month, we finished at number two, and that's pretty darn good considering we didn't really push it too hard during the, during the month. I think maybe we mentioned it a, a handful of times, maybe five, four or five times throughout the month, so that's good. Instead of pushing it every single day, we did just about as good as we did the, the month before. So head over to go to, uh, to uh, vote. .freetalklive.com. It'll only take you a moment. It makes a big difference for us. We're talking about the U.S. military's new guidelines or rules or threats or whatever you want to call them that essentially have uh, are going to be the death toll for military blogging. Right now, uh, or uh, until recently at least, I guess uh, I think April 19th was when these regulations went into effect, until recently military members over in Iraq and Afghanistan had relatively unfettered access to the internet and were able to email their friends and family members and post to online blogs about their experiences in Iraq and Afghanistan and wherever else they might be. And now the military's had about enough of that. So they are cracking down and they're saying no more. In fact, if you've got a military blog, you must clear any blog posts with a commanding officer before you can actually post that, uh, that blog post. And many commanding officers are pretty much telling themselves that it's not even worth going through the hassle of overseeing these things, and they'll just ban their troops from posting anything. 
So it's kind of a bit of a, a chill on freedom of speech. Of course, once again, you sign up for the military, you pretty much should understand that your freedom's about to go out the door. And so obviously I want to hear from military people on this, how they feel about it. Because clearly, I mean, 20, 30 years ago, there, this wasn't even an, an option for military people. Though, as Wired Magazine is pointing out, even during World War II, they were intercepting troops' mail and reading it all and then censoring things. So this is sort of a, a time-tested process. Were they, were they bl- like, blacking out a letter to his, the girlfriend or something? That must have been. <laughs> they weren't reading it for nothing. Right. So you know, they, they didn't just read it for kicks. They had to have either censored it or thrown it away. Oh, why, why are Which they I imagine ex- they threw a lot of them away. I, can you imagine government bureaucrats going through mail? Ah, throw that. Wired has uh, some more information on this story, but let's go to the phones and talk to Puke in New Hampshire on the amplifier line. Hey, Puke. Good evening, all. Hey, Puke. Hey, good um, evening. I'll just comment on that uh, World War II. From what I understand, is they would uh, they would read the letters and uh, just black out any uh, sensitive information, such as times, troop movements, and locations. And uh, then they'd usually transcribe it on a, like, microfiche or whatever, so it would be easier to um, mail back home. I see. And the family members would get, like, a telegram. Um, but anyway, as far as I know, that's how that worked. Uh, I'll just talk about my experience. Uh, 2006, I was there for the entire year in Iraq. And the way that uh, we had Internet access um, was a bunch of us, about 20 of us guys, got together and bought a what was essentially a satellite dish uh, from mm-hmm. some guys that were there before us. And, you know, we would just pass it along. And anyway, we hooked up to this thing, and there was there was really absolutely no way that uh, our commanders could uh, read, like, what was going through our Internet servers and stuff. Right. Uh, so that was essentially impossible for them to monitor. So my guess is that they're probably getting rid of that. Um, they're probably going to say that you're only allowed to go to – the uh, the internet uh, cafes that they probably have on post, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they monitor that, and or you can only use what is called the um, Army Knowledge Online Internet, which is uh, kind of like a little Army uh, website and email thing that uh, they they uh, is for soldiers only. So it's like an intranet. Um, it's not actually on the web. It's sort of a private web, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. So now I'm curious when you when you had the satellite that. dish puke. Uh, what did you do? Just sign up for like the, the direct TV internet, or I mean, how did you get the service if you weren't getting it through the military? Well, I believe what it, it wasn't actually satellite. It was just like a large parabolic dish that mm-hmm. um, was receiving uh, like radio waves from somewhere off in Baghdad, huh. and uh, they just you know all the guys. Uh, like and on my base, you know, you see these little satellite dishes everywhere, and it was just essentially us. And like, you know, there was one guy that would control it, and if he was kind of a you know a loyalist guy or whatever, then he might shut it off at certain times or you know do this and that. But the guy that I was uh, on with and the rest of us, like there's about twenty of us, you know, we essentially had free reign. Uh, at one point, the commanders told us that, you know, we had to tell them uh, if we had any MySpace accounts or any blogs, and they were essentially going to, I guess, you know, monitor them, which I doubt they would because they're lazy and don't have the time. Sure. Well, and they'd have to find them as well, right? I mean, if they weren't already aware of them, then they'd have to go through some sort of process to to discover their existence. Yeah. And so, you know, when they asked me, I just said no. And, you know, because my MySpace account that I had was just, uh, it was 
you know, I didn't have any information leading it back to who I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any pictures of myself. I didn't lead any information. So, I mean, it wasn't hard to get around. But are you and, think, uh, are you suggesting that maybe uh, okay? So you've got the you've got the army intranet, which is a private web. You've got right. where there's some email access. You've got which right. obviously can be easily monitored by them. You've got uh, internet cafes that they have set up on certain bases over there that people could yeah. could get in and use, and again have their activities monitored. But if they're using one of these little parabolic dishes like you and your 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 pals did then there's yeah. no way for them to monitor that information. So are you suggesting that what they might do is send commanding officers around and you know confiscate these dishes, essentially restrict yeah. you only to the military-approved Internet accesses? That's correct. Well, they would threaten us, that with, threaten us with that all the time while I was over there. Um, they would say, you know, every now and then it would just come up for some reason that, uh, you know, they were going to take away our, our uh, Internet access. Um, because that kind of mentality is all us. about uniformness, and for whatever reason, that you know, you having a satellite dish isn't uniform enough. That's just kind of yeah. the, the mentality that goes with it. Well, it's yeah, also out of their control. Some of, the, yeah. some of the commanders were, thought it looked bad having satellite dishes all over the base and stuff. You know, just stupid crap like that. Yeah. Um, you know, they they really didn't care if we uh, contacted our families and stuff. You know, we would have to go through the methods that they provided, but. This this new rule just sounds like they're just making it that much more um, threatening. As and if you did get caught, you know they have this rule that will punish you that much more, you know that much harder than it was back when I was in there. Right, puke. Don't you so. think it also might be a sign that morale might be declining a little bit? Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, with all the uh, yeah, the uh, the American uh, lack of support for this war that been going on for five years now i i assume that you know they're trying to figure out ways to just uh block the information essentially censoring what's coming out of iraq to just the approved sources right because maybe in the beginning a lot more soldiers would have been more gung-ho about what was going on whereas now four or five years later they're getting tired of it they they want to come home they've realized that the whole thing was a scam they're more like maybe they're more likely to be dissenting voices amongst the ranks now and therefore more oh, dissenting blogs etc yeah you've got you know 15 month deployments now and I thought it was all 18 this stuff that is not I don't remember but uh, you know it's longer than Longer deployments, more than a year. A year was long enough for me, and it's just, you know, everybody's got to be getting tired of it. It's uh, I went there three times, and that was enough for me, and I, I wish I hadn't gone back this, you know, the last time, but... Uh, I was going to say, plus, kind of lot, plus, I think a lot of the soldiers are, are getting all these crazy ideas in their head from listening to podcasts like Free Talk Live. <laughs> right. That's what they're going to outlaw next, is, uh, is, is any sort of MP3 files being downloaded. They'll just blank it out. Thanks right. for the call, man. We appreciate <laughs> no hearing problem. from you. 800-259-9231. That's exactly what I was looking for. You know, somebody who's been on the inside, somebody who understands what things were like before this new rule uh, was put into place. Just a few more thoughts from Wired Magazine. Passing on classified data, real secrets, is already a serious military crime. The new regulations take an unusually expansive view of what kind of unclassified information a foe might find useful. In an article published by the official Army News Service, one of their majors described how the Pentagon parking lot had more parked cars than usual on the evening of January 16, 1991, and how pizza parlors noticed a significant increase of pizza to the Pentagon. These observations are indicators, unclassified information available to all, that Operation Desert Storm was about to begin. Stephen Aftergood, one of the head of the Federation of American Scientists on the project of government secrecy called 
uh, his example outrageous. He says it's true that from an OPSEC operational security perspective, almost anything, pizza orders, office lights lit at odd hours, full or empty parking lots, can potentially tip off an observer that something unusual is afoot. But real OPSEC is highly discriminating. It doesn't mean cutting off the flow of information across the board. If on one day in 1991 an unusual number of pizza orders coincided with the start of Desert Storm, it doesn't mean that information about pizza orders should now be restricted. That's not OPSEC. That's just stupidity. Hour number two is coming up. Military crackdown. All the way, speaking of crackdowns, the L.A. cops cracked down on an immigration protest yesterday. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. That, once again, freetalklive.com. A lot of times on this show, we're accused of being unfair to the police. In fact... Last weekend, uh, we had a cop call into the show and accuse us of, once again, you know, painting all the police with a broad brush, suggesting that all police were corrupt, which I didn't do. I didn't say that. Um, it, I just suggested that the corruption is widespread. That's all. And uh, based, and that's based on my experience talking to actual police officers. You know, all I have to say is do not speed around here. Around here? Okay. Anywhere. <laughs> I'll remember that. Um, but, you know, we, we're accused of this all the time, and... I I just keep coming across stories of police abusing their power. And so I got to bring them to you because it's important that you understand that this is not a group of people that's looking out for your best interest. And studies have shown time and time again that that um authority is a dangerous thing. Like that the 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 mental concept of authority. It's dangerous for the people that have it and it's dangerous for the people that listen to it. You're right. Um the studies bad, like the Stanford Prison Experiment and others. That bad things can happen as a result. So um at the very, very, very least, it is the job of a an active press in the United States to keep an eye on authority, to point out when authority is abused, um to you know, to, to to show people that there are mistakes being made and that kind of thing. So at the very least, we are doing our jobs. That's right. We also have to consider that there's a many, many cases where they do their jobs correctly and, and we don't hear about it. But in those cases where they're not doing it, those have to be magnified because that keeps everything honest. Yep. And corruption's one thing. Corruption is a, you know, that's a whole separate issue from what we're about to talk about. Corruption, you know, that's where you've got cops that are taking cash, cops that are stealing drugs, cops that are just doing things that they're not supposed to do as uh, as police officers. But then you've got police violence, which is a, a whole separate ball of wax. And in Los Angeles today, we saw some, or they in Los Angeles, we get to see it uh, via YouTube and via online uh, streaming video. Uh, they saw some serious, serious violence on the part of the police today. And, or I guess it was, excuse me, it was yesterday. The news is coming out today. The videos are hitting the Internet today. This from the Associated Press. Police Chief William Bratton said Wednesday some of the police tactics to clear immigration protesters from MacArthur Park were inappropriate. As numerous news videos showed officers striking people with batons and firing rubber bullets into crowds that included children. 
Images showed police hitting a television cameraman to the ground and shoving people who were walking away from officers Tuesday uh, from officers at Tuesday's demonstration. Some injured people were seen in the videos, including a Hispanic man with a bleeding welt on his stomach. Bratton promised an investigation and said he would discuss the matter further at a press conference on Wednesday. Quite frankly, I was disturbed at what I saw, said Bratton. He said the actions of some officers were, quote, inappropriate in terms of use of batons and possible use of non-lethal rounds fired. But how are you going to identify those officers, Mr. Bratton? They're all wearing black. Right. And uh, their faces are obscured by these glassy sort of plasti masks. I don't imagine their badges have their names on them uh, that at a distance that you can read um, on not camera. On a, not on a 480-line resolution camera. Mm, Certainly sorry not. Sorry not. Nope. The clash at MacArthur Park started after 6 p.m. when police tried to disperse demonstrators who'd moved off the sidewalk onto the street. Authorities said several of the few thousand people still at the rally threw rocks and bottles at the officers, which is something they always will claim. Whenever there's an, an example of police brutality caught on video, you can count on the police to claim, well, they threw a bottle. Oh, they threw a bottle, so we get to shoot them, which is what they're, they, they always use that one. Uh, who fired rubber bullets and used baton to, uh, batons to push the crowd back onto the sidewalk. The director of the Central American Resource Center, Angela Sembrano, said police started moving in and forcing them out of the park, people with children and strollers. Several people, including about a dozen officers, were hurt. About ten people were taken to hospitals for treatment of injuries, including cuts, authorities said. None of the injuries was believed to be serious. At least one person was arrested. The executive secretary-treasurer of the L.A. County Federation of Labor said the trouble was instigated by a group of anarchists. Once again, it's always the anarchists who get blamed. Whether they were actually anarchists or not, who knows. Uh, just because somebody's dressing in black and claiming to be an anarchist doesn't really mean right. they if are. they're against the government, that doesn't make them an anarchist. Not associated with a the rally, they said. Spanish-language TV station Telemundo said one of its reporters and three camera operators had been injured and taken to the hospital by police. Several news crews got caught up in the skirmish. And from some of the video footage that I've seen, these cops are out of control. As soon as a bottle gets thrown, if that's indeed what really happened, and there's no... I mean. There's no evidence beyond the, the say-so of some of the cops that that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Whatever, it, whatever the, uh, the case is, whatever it is that instigates the violence on the part of the cops, once it starts, you better get out of their way because well, they aren't going to stop. Right. This, this, is no park. this is a park, so weren't people throwing frisbees and balls and baseballs? And... Sure, it was a protest and a uh, family protest at that. Right. Sure. So, I mean, maybe they, they saw something being thrown and thought it was a bottle and started shooting? Who knows? Or maybe there was someone instigating something with the police. It's believable in a protest of several thousand people. There's certainly a, a chance that someone is going to be an instigator there. However, it should be also be pointed out that it hasn't been unheard of for the police to insert an instigator. These are things they do, believe it or not. They'll have a plainclothes officer go into the protest and act as though he's one of the protesters, and then the plainclothes officer will start something with another one of the police. Oh, come right. on. This sounds like a conspiracy theory now. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is a confirmed... These are these are confirmed occurrences. Whether this particular thing happened in this case, I don't know. Right. But these are confirmed occurrences where people have spotted undercover officers in the crowd doing these very things. And so, I don't know. Maybe it really wasn't. Let's, pres- let's give the cops a benefit of the doubt and say it really was some instigator starting stuff with the cops. 
Does that mean that it's appropriate to flush every single person out of the park with rubber bullets, tear gas, and other sorts of uh, offensive devices? Doesn't seem like it to me. Wouldn't it make yeah. more sense to stop the person who's instigating to you know put a stop to those specific individuals and if you threw a bo- if you threw a bottle at some police officers and they're all wearing uh, kevlar vests they laugh at you nazi helmets and uh, the uh, you know face guarding uh, shield thing don't you think they'd be okay You'd think. I mean, it, there's it's it's answering with uh, excessive force. You hurt their pride, force. though. You, you scuffed my helmet, man. Yeah. It, it, it's answering with excessive force. If you even if you got the guy who had the uh, the bottle, and I'm not saying I'd feel terrible for him or any or through the bottle. I'm not saying I would feel terrible for him. But if you shot him a couple of times with rubber bullets, you'd still be using excessive force because he threw a bottle. How big is this bottle? Where you know, I, where did he get a bottle from? You'd think the cops would behave themselves at least a little bit with knowing that there are cameras. Cameras everywhere. In this case, it was more than just individuals with video cameras. There were news crews on the scene with their, you know, very many, many thousand dollar news cameras that they had. And one of the reporters I was watching during the break, her report, she said that once the police forced them into their news van where they weren't allowed to take any further footage, uh, they could hear the police yelling, double time, it's tussle time. Like, yelling excitedly. This, mm-hmm. oh boy, guys. All right, hurry it up. We get to fight with people. We get to push people around. We get to hurt people. Well, yeah. That's not, I mean, isn't that why they dress up in the uh, the helmets and the flak they jackets? They crack and some heads. Adrenaline junkies. That's you know, what they are. It's exactly what they are. They're dangerous thugs. Having been around law enforcement a great deal, um, I would say that it's the, uh, it's the most gung-ho that volunteer for these sorts of... Uh, Teams, yeah. these uh, insertion teams. There were like a this. Lot. Have you seen the footage? There were a lot of cops here, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the footage is very disturbing. You can you can actually see footage of them assaulting camera people, of them literally, literally stripping cameras from people's hands and just knocking them onto the ground. I saw footage, and I I have to watch it again to see if they if they throw the camera or if they just kick the camera. A you know like ten thousand dollar news camera, mm-hmm. they knock it out of the reporter's hands. A cameraman's hands, and then you see a cop just put a boot to it, and the camera sh- uh, like flies six feet in the uh, away from where it yeah, was. Yeah, I saw you morning. reacting to that during the break. It, well, I was also was reacting amazing. to the uh, to the damage that people were taking from these rubber bullets, welts, gaping uh, wounds on the sides of people's uh, chests, that sort of thing. This is is completely uncalled for. Insane. And people will sit there and still say, well, we need the police. We need government police. These people are protecting us. They were not protecting a single person in that crowd yesterday. And it's absolutely disgusting. They're protecting their power. That's right. 800-259-9231. If you've got thoughts, if you're in L.A., we definitely want to hear from you. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. Archives included an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com for your downloading convenience. 
And you should know that the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, as well as attend leadership and activist training seminars. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. And one of the things I'd like to see happen here in New Hampshire eventually, and I know that there are some people that are sort of slowly working towards this eventual goal, is the creation of a New Hampshire cop watch or a Keene cop watch. Keene's the area of the state that we're living in. And I know there are some people that want to do this and others that are, are gearing up to do it in other parts of the state, but it's really important that it come, when it comes to your so-called public servants that you keep an eye on them, and that they know they're being watched, that they are aware that any action that they take could have some consequences. In the case of what happened yesterday in Los Angeles, that's a situation where things have grown to the point uh, the police, I, I guess the, the, the police department and the, the city of Los Angeles is so big and the government has grown to the point where... And they've even, gotten away with so much crap. Right. Even when there are cameras around, it doesn't make a difference. In the case of the protest yesterday, I, I reviewed the video I was talking about, not only were they shooting innocent people with rubber bullets who were trying, just trying to get away from the cops, they had tear gas out and everything... Uh, this was after, again, an immigration protest. The cops claimed someone threw a bottle at them, or they claimed there were some instigators, which apparently gives them the excuse to shoot just anybody that they want to, uh, to shoot people, and, and don't forget, club them with batons as well. There's there's really sick footage out there, and I'm sure there's going to be a thread on our BBS. I'll post a link to the story. I'm sure there's going to be a thread because there were people with video cameras all over this event yesterday. That's and good. it looked like um, these people were trying to get away, honestly. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. They were these being shot. People rushing towards the uh, cop phalanx. Nope. That's right. They were trying to get away. And those batons weren't rubber like the bullets were. They were either trying to get away or they were p- members of the news media trying to cover the event. Right. Unfortunately, and this is I, this may be a first. At least it's something I've never seen before. Usually, when you see video footage of police brutality. You see it from the perspective of a protester who happens to have a video camera and catch some juicy footage. Typically, the news broadcasts, if, a, if, the news are, if the news broadcasters are reporting on an event like that, they'll typically take a safe side. They'll go and sort of angle towards the police on their reporting on the story. They'll let the police say whatever they want without rebutting it, and they'll show you know, footage that's relatively positive towards the police. That tends to be how the news coverage is. But you start attacking news camera people, you start attacking news anchormen who are on the scene, which is what the cops did yesterday. And things and change. Things are going to change. That also shows how out of control they are to yeah. do that. They, that's, what, that's where I'm going with this, in that in New Hampshire, the cops aren't like this. Not yet. It hasn't gotten too big, too bureaucratic yet. It hasn't gotten to the point where we can't reel it back in, keep them under uh, uh, under a watchful eye. In Los Angeles, they just don't care. In Los Angeles, someone throws a bottle. They claim that someone throws a bottle. That's an excuse to just start shooting and beating people and yelling things out in the air about how excited you are to be able to beat people senseless. Now, Los Angeles has the reputation of having the most uh, militaristic police um, in America. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. They do. You know, it was really interesting. About a month ago or so, I caught this segment on NPR, and they were interviewing U.S. soldiers over in Afghanistan. What I found really interesting was they were uh, talking about the local police there because they were training the, the new police in Afghanistan, and they were saying, oh, yes, these local sheriffs, were their loyalty is to the people of, of their communities, their towns, and we've got to change that, and the police are too nice, and we have to teach them how to yell, yell people down and, and, and grab authority. And, and I thought, Ew. wow. 
it was it was really icky to hear this and and they they pre, NPR presented this rather matter of factly but it just goes back to this is that uh you know police are supposed to be there to protect and serve to be peace, allegedly allegedly to be peace officers and instead they're creating war that's exactly what was going on yesterday in fact the radio and television news association of southern california called for an investigation quote and of course the uh, chief of police is claiming he'll investigate what they're going to investigate i don't know because there's not, it's going to be very difficult to identify the officers in these uh, in this video footage because there were so many of them. Mm-hmm. There was an army of police officers out there, and every single one of them was participating in the attack on unarmed, innocent people. Quote: There's evidence that officers knocked reporters to the ground. There's more. Than, I mean, there's real evidence. There's video footage of this happening. Used batons on photographers. And damaged cameras. And I was wrong. They didn't kick the camera I talked about earlier. You can see very clearly in the footage, an officer picks this camera up, which had already been knocked or taken from uh, someone's hands, and you just watch him as he just tosses it into the dirt. It it goes up in the air probably about uh, three to four feet, flies out, and hits the dirt. Very dirty area. This Mm. is a multi-thousand dollar news camera. Ten grand down the drain. Uh, possibly motivated by anger over journalists photographing efforts by officers to control the movements of marchers. Mayor, uh, the mayor of Los Angeles, who was traveling during a trade mission, said the incident was a most unfortunate end to a peaceful day. Protesters, of course, marched across the country from Miami to Detroit to San Antonio. And again, uh, I'll post this on our bulletin board system. I hope others will find some of the the worst of the worst, if you will, clips from this particular uh, protest, and also post those to the same thread so we can sort of have them all in the same place. That way everybody's going to have to go out and look for them. But, man, this is some of the worst protest-beating footage that I've ever seen, especially when they're attacking the, you know, credentialed news media. Yeah, that's, that, that, mm. that part is really strange. They, th- this government is absolutely out of control. We live in a police state. Well, how anyone can deny that, I don't know. If if we aren't there, we're sure on our way. And we've talked often about the militarization of the police, and I think this is just uh, some of that bubbling up in our faces, really, because this is going to come to other cities, too. You know, the difference between us living in a police state or, or not is if you were uh, sitting at home and didn't really, you know, care for Mexicans, um, you know, you, you don't like Mexicans or you don't like illegal immigrants or whatever it is, and you were sitting at home uh, comfy and cozy, mm-hmm. um, then we don't live in a police state. But if you were one of the protesters out there protesting for immigrant ri- immigrant rights or whatever, and you got a baton up to the side of the head, then we live in a police state. Well, I, I'm sitting at home comfortably at the moment, but I also care about freedom, and I'm concerned uh, with police brutality. So I'm just I'm saying th- that I think we live in a police state. It's all a matter of perspective, right? <laughs> If if you don't believe it's a police state, then all you need is a baton up to the side of your head, and then you'll change your mind. Or a baton to your camera, or having some thug in black uh, knock a camera out of your hands and then uh, push you to the ground, which is what happened. Not only just, I mean, normally when you see um, news cameramen, normally, at least when I've seen them, they tend to be men. They tend to be big, sort of bigger guys, because those cameras are heavy, man. Mm -hmm. But there were female camera people that were being assaulted by the cops in this case. Video mm. footage, very now clearly said, showing it. You said those cameras were ten grand. I thought they were thirty grand. They could be more. Than that. Okay. I don't know. Um, I've, I've heard thirty grand as, as the amount. They absolutely could be more than that. Let's go to the phones and talk to Brian in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey guys, hey Wayne. What's shaking, Colorado? Hey Wayne, why are you listening to NPR, dude? <laughs> oh, I just to NPR. I, hey, oh, oh, because I because I like to. I always like to hear what the other side is saying. 
Hey, you got to get the okay. communist perspective. Hang That's on. Right. We'll bring you back, Brian. Okay. 800-259-9231. I like NPR. That is, ugh, it's boring. I it like is, it. but you got to know what they're thinking. It's the sound of the goat. You take control. <laughs> bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Get a toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is... The SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. The wiki included over 1,300 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. See it for yourself and edit it at your heart, to your heart's content. wiki.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles. All within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. rlc.org. The cops are out of control in uh, Los Angeles and around the country. What happened in Los Angeles yesterday at the immigration protests is just one example of a cavalcade of different examples of police brutality against innocent people who've not harmed anyone. <clears throat> they were just in the wrong, uh, wrong place at the wrong time. And it's just it's just getting worse. They are now attacking news people. They're not only are they pushing news people to the ground uh, as well as uh, the regular folk, uh, but now they're they're taking cameras from them, throwing them down to the ground, throwing them into the dirt, doing uh, thousands of dollars in damage, and there's no accountability, none whatsoever. I don't know where you'd send one of those cameras to get repaired besides the company, and that's yeah. got to cost you. I mean, you know, having the dealer fix something. Come I on. wonder. I wonder if there are any illegal steroids involved here. Certainly, that's not unheard of when it comes to the cops. Let's go back to Brian in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey Brian. guys, hey. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not listening live. I'm, I'm listening. I listened to the podcast uh, yesterday, and I hope you haven't covered this. But uh, Toby was talking about a. Special new holiday that the White House, you know, said uh, yesterday, some kind of a of a jingoistic flag flag waving day on May first. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what's called. Oh gosh, loyalty day. Loyalty day. Loyalty yes. day. Oh boy. Loyalty day. Well, the the only thing I could think of when I was uh, hearing this is that uh, you know it's not a mystery to me at all. May first is the Socialist Workers Day. This that's is right. the Labor Day for for socialism. And really? the White House had to know. Yes. They had to know that there were all kinds of protests, and in particular this one in L.A., that were about to happen on May Day, you know, now, the, 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 the glorious workers' holiday. Now, I, I didn't, so I didn't it, go it, in to mention that because um, May Day was originally um, just a celebration of spring. Um, that's all it was. And the socialists took it over and turned it into, uh, you know, their holiday. And sort of the, like how the Christians took uh, Christmas from the pagans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah they, they, they took... Uh, they took winter solstice and turned it into into Christmas. Yeah. But but it, it's just an example of this government, uh, you know, the the uh, U.S. government uh, dividing and conquering. You know, they they I'm sure they saw these these workers protests happening, and so they attempted to get you know all of the you know uh, good people 
to to be uh, even more jingoistic than they they usually are in order to to fight off this uh, uh, invasion of uh, of the workers. Hmm. Yeah, and, and when you live in a socialistic society, you need holidays because you need you need to look something something to look forward to. Brian, any other thoughts? Well, yeah, I was actually, I found myself in Copenhagen a few years ago on, on May 1st, on May Day. And, and, and I'm sitting there, let's see, I'm an American in a Mexican restaurant in the middle of Copenhagen, surrounded by, you know, people speaking English. And, and I'm wondering, you know, hey, it's the middle of the day, why, you know, there's a bunch of kids there, uh, college kids. You know, aren't you guys in school? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's a holiday today. You know, it's, it's Workers' Day. You know, it's, it's a, the great socialist holiday. I said, well, you know, aren't you, uh, you know, out protesting and, and celebrating, uh, uh, you know, this, this, this holiday? Oh, no, we're just smoking pot in the, in the park. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that was their big holiday. Not that there's anything wrong with smoking pot in the park, but... Uh, <laughs> like I said, they need something to look forward to. There you go. Brian, Whatever you can do to celebrate. Thanks man. for the call, man. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you've got thoughts or if you were in Los Angeles... Uh, he was calling about May Day. I figured he was talking, uh, wanting to talk about the protests. In fact, he actually sent in uh, some videos of the uh, various different videos of the police just clubbing people and shooting people and being awful uh, yesterday. And again, we'll try to get those up online. If they're not already there, I'm sure probably they are. Probably, I'm sure someone's already started a thread at pbs.freetalklive.com. Well, knowing Los Angeles, there are probably a few people in that crowd that liked it. Okay. <laughs> well, you live there, my friend. <laughs> I did. I Let's did. go to David in Montana, <laughs> listening on that. KGEZ. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, David. Hey, yo. Hey, uh, the one guy must have looked at the screening screen there because that's what I, I called in about the roids. I bet you they were on roid, steroids. I think just like professional sports, they sh- the police should be subjected to uh, steroid use. Yeah, but they can't all not, be on steroids. I mean, they can't well, all. Well, they should be just on every month. They should have to take a pee test to see if they're on it. Because, yeah, a lot of them you pump, know. you know. A number mm-hmm. of them are on. So it's true. It's not been unheard of because for cops they, to be on you know, steroids. They think they get the advantage, you know, like in foo- football or baseball. You mm-hmm. know, they they right. they got a rule over us, so they they want to be like. You know, so the batons and the armor and the uh, the weapons—that's yeah, not pushing, an, enough of advantage, I guess. Huh? Pushing women to the ground with a camera in her hand, you know. Yeah. I think a real man wouldn't do that, and you got to be on roids or something to get into that state of well, mind. Well, Wayne hit it on the head. If they're not on steroids, and a number of them, some of them are, most of them probably aren't. They're not on steroids, maybe, but they're definitely high on adrenaline. We've heard directly from cops. I've talked to them personally. Mark, you were there, I think, when this one yeah, cop they admitted be it. checked for meth or something. They, it's, <laughs> adrenaline's even more of an addiction. The Nazis yeah. used meth. You know, to run across Europe and everything. So, well, Dave, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, Look, ad- adrenaline—you can say meth or steroids—and those are all external drugs. Adrenaline's inside you, and it—you know—it has to do with, and it's released when there's really exciting things and scary right, uh, things and going on. It has to be progressive. Like, for instance, if um, you got you know a big adrenaline rush by going up in front of uh, uh, your classroom and saying the and leading the pledge of allegiance for mm-hmm. everybody, well, if you did that every day. At some point, it becomes normal. The yeah. first time I got on the radio, yeah. I thought I was going to pass out. Uh, really, my vision came mm-hmm. down to like, uh, you know, just just in front of me. The, really, I, wow. I, it was it was. I was talking on the radio to tens of thousands of people. I'm going to die. Uh, well, now I do it every day, no and biggie. it's not that big of a deal. Right. I'm not getting an adrenaline rush right now. So you have to increase what it is that you get your adrenaline rush from. If if you get it by, you know. 
well, that's beating what, people up, that's then what, you're going to have to beat up more people. Our perfect example, our friend Barry Cooper at NeverGetBusted.com, and also our, one of our newest advertisers, mm-hmm. uh, when he was on our show, former drug task force officer, one of the, uh, the most successful, quotes around it, uh, drug interdiction guys in the country, he pointed out that when he started with the police, you know, he would get that adrenaline rush from writing a ticket. Because you're still in that sort of uncertain situation. You don't know who's driving that car. They could be violent, etc. There's all these uncertain circumstances. And so he got that adrenaline rush off of, after writing tickets or during writing the tickets. And then, of course, he acclimated himself to it. And then he needed something else. He needed to escalate. He needed to have something else. So it, be, it, it, it got so extreme that he would leave people uncuffed. Like he'd bust a Coke dealer or something like that, mm-hmm. and then just leave them uncuffed on the hopes that they would get up and try to run. Uh, so he could kick some butt. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the, and so not only did Barry Cooper tell us that, you and I talked to a former DEA agent, Mark, in person who told us that. Mm-hmm. Said why? I said to him, well, why? You know that the, I asked him, well, didn't you realize that this war on drugs wasn't working? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I knew that. Well, why'd you keep doing it? Well, I love the adrenaline. I loved uh, the feeling of kicking in people's doors. Well, he said um, at, in that same meeting that he felt terrible about arresting, arresting people for marijuana smoking, mm-hmm. but he did it anyway. Yeah. And he kicked it, and he was, he was one of those guys that really loved being on the, you know, the raid teams where they would bust into people's houses because that's the highest of the highs. That's the most adrenaline-fueled situation that you could possibly get into. You're in someone else's home, and you are attacking those people. And I think any of us who got into that situation, if let's just say you ended up being a police officer, Ian, just try to imagine for a minute, <laughs> you you might actually get sucked into that too. It's not that difficult, right? It's a drug. It really is, and uh, that's what we're that's what we saw in Los Angeles uh, yesterday. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. Would love to hear from somebody that happened to be at the Los Angeles protest. I don't know what the odds are that anyone's listening uh, in that particular case, but it's just sick. It's absolutely sad. If you want to defend the cops on this, I'd like to hear from you as well at 800-259-9231. But before you call in to defend the police in a general sense, go and watch some of those videos and watch the cops cracking their batons over people's heads and uh, attacking news reporters and that sort of thing. And then you defend them. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. Bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. That, again, freetalklive.com. But we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as over 370 of our listeners have decided to do. And uh, more are joining every single day, which is really exciting, because AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. The idea is if you like Free Talk Live, you like the fact that we give away all of our features on our website for free, then maybe you want to pony up three bucks a month to help us out. We take that money in and we turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live. We get the show on more radio stations. We get more Internet people, uh, Internet listeners on board with the program, and thereby more people hearing the message of freedom and liberty as much as possible. You make it sound like it's a donation or something. It's 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 a contribution. It's the joining of a club. Um, It's like a Free Talk Live 
fan club. You get um, you get your own special uh, call in line. You get access to a uh, amplifiers only uh, message board. Uh, what, what are the other benefits? There's a couple more. Um, you get uh, archives that we release on a pretty regular special basis. Special classic archives. Yeah, yes, yeah. classic archives. There's some perks there. All the details are at amp.freetalklive. So I mean, I, I don't know. Three bucks a month. That you, we give far more in value than uh, than, than anybody we else. Three bucks. Uh, I think it's well worth it. Yeah. I, I think it's a club membership that's well worth it. I don't know if I'd call it a contribution. We've had people that have been uh, on board with the AMP program from the very beginning, which is pretty awesome. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com, find out how you can help out the show. Uh, it is definitely uh, something that goes to assist the program because it's not going to paychecks. Whereas the membership areas of the, like Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck and all those other big talk shows, the, that money goes into their general fund and they pay their employees and they pay their talk show hosts. A percentage of it uh, doesn't work that way with Free Talk Live. All of it gets reinvested right into the show. Amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. You bring up what you want. It is Bill in Idaho. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Bill. Hey. Hey. Yo, Adrian. What's on your this mind? This is absolutely unbelievable. Your previous guest. He does uh, he does kind of sound like Rocky. Yeah. He's cool, though, isn't he? I know he? him. He's very brave, and he's an excellent father and a true patriot, and I'm glad. Are you, calling from, um, are you calling from Montana? No, I'm calling from Idaho. We're Idaho. all over. I see. <laughs> everybody knows everybody up there, Mark. Apparently. <laughs> so what's on your mind? We, we I, I would uh, espouse that everybody listens to that uh, that uh, interview with Tenet on NPR. And if you can... Which interview is this? Can, I'm sorry? I don't even know what you're talking about. George Tenet. What, what interview? George I mean, Tenet what... was interviewed on NPR, National People's Radio. <laughs> and Je- George Tenet's the CIA dude? Ex-CIA, yeah. yeah. Okay. The CIA dude. He's, he's just yeah. written a, uh, a written a new book. Um, tell all yeah. book about his uh, involvement in the war. Now, why do we want to watch this yeah. interview? Why would I? Why would I? Why would I be interested in watching some former bureaucrat speak? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, that would be your basis for an excellent ten-hour program with Peter Lance, who would tell you that everything that fall, fell out of that gentleman's face today had the smell of feces on it. He's a liar. Yeah, Tenant's a liar? No, sure, I'm, I'm sure he is. He's a former bureaucrat. And, he's he's pro- a professional and, liar. You have a way with words. Top-level bureaucrat. And, and a villain only by virtue of the fact that he very, very effectively brought, quote-unquote, al-Qaeda, which they created anyway, brought agents in and out of the country, covered them, had them working for the CIA, or, uh, as well as the FBI, and all the way over to uh, the um, um, uh, Green Beret training. Facility. Interesting allegations. Georgia. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if they're true or not, but when it comes to the CIA and the FBI, they've certainly done some spooky things in the past. Yeah, that's right. Let's continue with the calls. It's the free marketeer on the amplifier line calling from Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hi. Yeah, I'm actually uh, calling from Houston. Yes. I just wanted to differentiate there, but right. I'm Houston actually, is in uh, Texas? In reference to yesterday's show. Okay. All right. So uh, someone was talking about uh, the the Roman Wars. Yeah, the Punic Wars. Between the Romans and the mercenaries mm-hmm. armies, right? And you guys were hypothesizing about the reasons for their ultimate defeat. Okay. Uh, penultimate defeat. I think freedom is universal and ultimately will come to pass, but penultimately... They lost, I think, 
primarily because they lacked the information, right? Uh, so in today's world, it's totally uh, possible for a private company to send out their own satellite and, you know, uh, gain the information that would have caused those mercenary armies to invest properly the amount of funds necessary to prevent uh, the penultimate Roman defeat. So right? you're saying if they had what we have today, then it wouldn't have it wouldn't have gone quite yeah, in the same was, way. Well, it was an it was an information uh, cost problem that we have overcome today. But you know, we have our own, our own problems today as well. So. So then, uh, so then, are you someone that I mean, judging by your name, free marketeer? I presume that you are pretty confident that the marketplace can handle national defense purposes or defense. Absolutely, in general. and I always think the failings of the free market will always be uh, better than the failings of government. Right. You know, it, it's it's not perfection, but it's in, in a lot of cases it's better than what we have. Well, right, because unlike the government, when the government every fails, case, every case, because the free market is based on voluntary interaction. Right, it's self-healing. Action is always based on coercive. That's where I was going to go, Wayne. I was going to point out it's it's a self-correcting thing. If a company is failing, they'll either correct their um, their mistakes or they're going to go out of business. And then if they go out of business, then somebody else is going to step into the marketplace and try to take their former customers and and serve them in the way that they want to be served. Whereas the government, when they fail, regulations. We have so many barriers to entry that private entrepreneurs can't compete effectively with. Big business slash corporate. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens, and I think it's inevitable. I don't know how soon, but I think it's inevitable that someone will come up with some sort of a private defense organization that will defend from government attacks. And I wonder what the government's response is going to be. It's already happening. There are private entrepreneurs out here in the Woodlands, Texas, that are trying to set up private defense agencies to provide the services that... The police force here in Harris County is not providing. It's well, they already should, happening. They should get out of the Texas woods and come here to uh, the woods of New Hampshire. Well, you know, it's, it's, um, it's one thing to protect against, uh, you know, to pr- offer a private security company. I mean, there's a lot of those around. Um, it's another thing to... Uh, Protection from government. Right, to have your private security company protect me from government agents who might, uh, you know, crack down on me. And especially if I'm doing something that would uh, draw their attention. Well, that's going to draw their attention. Anybody that creates an agency like that, a uh, private business like that, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing what their response will be. Let's go to, to uh, Abel in Nebraska. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, Abel. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, I just wanted to commend you all on what you're doing. You know, it's a very brave thing to do in modern America to stand up and scream for freedom, you know. Thanks. I, Someone had to do it. I just, have to say, I just have to say it's a very brave thing. I, I also had some ideas on uh, free market defense after listening to your podcast from last night. Yes, sir. Um, you know, on numerous occasions I've heard you all say that, you know, in a free society, you know, socialists would be completely free to get together in their little communes and, you know, do whatever it is that... Yeah, they you know, can share all the crap they want. That they do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. And, and so long as everybody agrees to it, then it'd probably work out for them, you know. But what, I, what, I'd like to, what I'd like to say is that, you know, in a totally free society, people who 
had a had a had a had a desire to get together and train for the common defense would be able to do that without the government coming in and and you know telling them oh you're a militia or you mm-hmm. you know you're running a training camp you know you you know or slapping them with weapons with charges yeah exactly you know people would be able to get together and do that and so I would envision that you would see in some states you know uh, societies popping up something akin to to ancient Sparta in Greece you know these people would be able to get together, train constantly for the common defense, and these people would be who would be who we'd actually call on, you know, when the you know, time came I can for, actually you know, see us to be able to stand toe to toe with uh with the state sponsored army. I can and actually I see Wayne do doing that. Well. Um you know, our co host here is uh, one of these big Aikido uh kind of guys and I, you you'd like that, wouldn't you, Wayne? <laughs> you'd out there hey. practicing in your loincloth with your hairy back. You'd be doing that crap, wouldn't you? You bet I'd have my helmet on too. <laughs> <laughs> I think hey, you're absolutely I, I right. I do the same thing, man. I do the same thing. You know, I've got a martial martial arts class that I'm about to go teach right now. So do you have I'll a har- hairy back, back too? To do you have a hairy back uh, too? Very, very, very hairy, man. Excellent. <laughs> man, that's not how I wanted Thank to end an hour with that imagery. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Thank you, Abel. You just don't have any hair on your back yet. You believe me, you'll get some. You, you think so? <laughs> yeah. He said that uh, we were brave for um, you know every night getting on and talking about freedom, and I don't feel a lot of bravery. I, I, as a matter of fact, when it comes to standing up to the government, I'm not real brave at all. But how long have we been doing this show for four almost, years? Now? Almost five. Almost five this is years. Going to be our fifth full year. You know, no guy in uh, black suit and uh, sunglasses ever knocked on my door and say, "Not yet, Mark Edge." I'm gonna have to have a talk with you. I mean, they haven't. I understand where people are coming from, and I and I appreciate it. And I just hope to inspire others to have the courage to stand up in their own personal lives and hopefully move to uh, New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and stand beside everyone. This is Free Talk Live. Hour three is coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching into hour number three. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. That, by the way, is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their site. We do it free. freetalklive.com. Starting things out by going straight to the calls. Let's talk to Ian in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ian. Another Ian. Ian in Georgia? Ian in Georgia going once? Do we have Ian in Georgia? Talk to yourself. Going man. twice? Well, maybe we'll put him back. Whoa. There's some rock music there. I hear rock music. I'm sure we something going on there. The it's been a terrorist attack at the studio. Now, yeah, I know we're for a second. He say what? He said, lo- we lost you for a second. Oh, that's unusual. Okay. Are we back? You are. You're okay. live. Okay. Okay, I'm live and go. 800-259-9231. Damn it. There goes more music. Okay. <laughs> are we still here? The music keeps coming back. That's just your bump. Okay, well let's your bumper. Let's fade it out. Make it go away. Thank you. Do the radio show. Okay, let's try Ian in Georgia. Is again. Ian there in Georgia? Ian in Georgia. He's gone. All right, then. No, he's no, there. He is there. Hello? This is a yeah. great hour. Ian, what's up? <laughs> um, I was actually wondering what you guys thought about Mike Gravel. 
This is, uh, uh, I, I just heard about this guy for the first time, I think, within the last 24 hours. He's, he's the Democrat that said legalize uh, marijuana, is that correct? Isn't he also, like, the, the anti-war, the actual anti-war Democrat as well? Yeah, he's been really big on dig as well, and I thought you guys would have mentioned him before. Um, I don't really know what I think about him. Exactly. I don't know anything those else aren't about the, two, the guy. Those aren't the two things that uh, separate uh, me from, you know, my vote. Um, you know, the legalizing marijuana and Ron uh, Paul's good on marijuana and Ron Paul's good on the war. So right. I mean, you know, I'd like to see somebody. You know, my big thing with Ron Paul is he wants to get rid of the Federal Reserve and return us to a uh, metal-backed currency. I feel like that would really solve the problems. But um, I, I just heard about this uh, this Democratic Cavell. Did you say his name is um, Gravel? Gravel. Um, He's not Gravel. Uh, Gravel, maybe. Whatever. I, I've heard right. Gravel. Is he a socialist? He's a Democrat. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, he has some good issues, and then he has some bad ideas. But he's. I think it's interesting to see these different ideas uh, this election time. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm all for him bringing those uh, those issues to the forefront, and I, I, I wish him luck. I would love to see an election where we're dealing with, uh, you know, Democrat that wants to uh, legalize marijuana and uh, bring us home from the war, and a Republican who wants the same. Definitely. And then I also was wondering if, if uh, you heard about the dig issue on dig.com. Oh, yeah. I was going to get to that tonight. Thank you for, uh, thank you for bringing it up. Do you want to go ahead and, uh, and tell the story? Well, yeah. There was um, huge controversy over dig banning some people's posts and actually banning people themselves. Hang on. Let, actually, before you get into it, let me just give a brief explanation for those uh, just tuning in that don't know what dig.com is. It's digg.com, and it's one of the more popular top 100 websites on the Internet. Basically, it's a user-driven news site. It's got a techno uh, technology. It's really heavy on the tech news side, but they've got different categories, everything from politics to sports or whatever, uh, that sort of thing, entertainment. Uh, so you can, as a dig.com user, you can post a news story to the site, and then the dig, the other dig.com users can dig up the story. And so the more digs, so-called, the story gets, the higher it's ranking on their little front page and the, the sub-page that they have. So the more digs a story gets, the more people see the story, the more likely people will dig the story. Of course, you can also bury stories as well. If you think the story is awful, you can bury the story. And so there's this sort of democratic, voluntary process that goes on, and it's become quite a popular thing. In fact, it's been uh, – the other websites have sort of – borrowed the idea and this this it's part of the web 2.0 concept in that the content is driven by the users not an editorial staff now then what happened yesterday was essentially just an unprecedented situation on dig.com what happened well yeah dig is definitely it's it's great for everybody uh this is the revenge of the nerds really um it was <laughs> yeah. HD, love it hdvd uh, encryption key, which allows you to ha burn copyrighted HDVDs and Blu-ray discs. Okay. And the code was posted, and they started disappearing, and Dig finally said, uh, it's illegal and we're not going to allow this. But the people didn't like that. The people, uh, there's a lot of illegal things or questionable things on Dig. And Illegal from the intellectual this. property angle, um, you know, from the angle of, like, trading songs, that kind of same sort of illegal, right? Yes. Okay. And, yes, ideas are shared, and it's very, like, democratic, like it said, and Dig doesn't 
they don't do any kind of uh, they don't. They, they generally they're leave. generally hands off. I mean, because the site's so big, they they can't uh, they just can't possibly address everything there. Exactly. So users were angry at uh, at them for uh, censoring them and not censoring other posts and other ideas on Dig. And they digged it, they looked into it and they realized HDVD was sponsoring Dig Nation, which is their sponsoring Dig basically. Mm-hmm. And it's HD DVD, like by the way. Of, of the censorship, and they big outrage, and they started just posting everything in this code. This code is on here a million times at least. Right. So and basically, the crackers they they managed to crack the encryption scheme of the new HD DVD technology before it was even released. Right. Well, it's out there, um, but it's pretty new. And uh, so they cracked it. They came up with a crack code, basically, and they put this code on Dig. Dig started taking them down, which really ticked off the Dig users. And so they immediately just started retaliating against the Dig people, the people running the site, by just posting it everywhere. Right. They had and it in their signatures or whatever. In their signatures, the, the headlines of the posts. The, the posts were all about these banned cop. This is a copyrighted number. This this number, this cr- encryption code, is copyrighted. So this is a long. And just number? D- yes. Dig okay. was threatened by lawyers and, uh, in order to, you know, hey, cease and desist, get this off your website. So that's what they were trying to do, and the, the users just didn't want to have anything to do with that. Right. So either shut down your website entirely or, or leave it up. B- leave us alone. Yeah. Your choice. And, and finally, finally they saw that uh, they they listened to the users, and it's a user-driven site. That's what, you know, gives Dig is. its power. And they basically said that we're going to listen to you and... Whatever happens, happens, and we'll fight till we die. And Ian, thank you, for, thank you for the call. Appreciate the story. Uh, that's, that is basically what uh, they did. This went on, by the way, for hours yesterday. Uh, Dig.com was dominated. Normally, you see a variety of different stories on the front page of the website based on you know what's popular and what's not. In this case, 100% of the stories on the front page of the site were stories about this code. They all had the code in them, uh, and the, the dig counts on the stories were in the thousands. Uh, the multiple, like, four, five thousand digs. Most I mean, of the stories don't uh, don't ever get those kind of um, those amount of digs. The coordination here was incredible, and it must have been some sort of uh, essentially beautiful chaos, basically, in that there were so many people participating in this, there's no way some central organizer could have been behind this. There's no way there was, you know, five guys that were essentially putting this out there that were coordinating all these people to go there and do this. They were just doing it on their own, and they dominated the website. And so the uh, the reaction, apparently, according to uh, Wired.com, Kevin Rose has posted a statement. He's one of the guys who's behind the site posted a statement saying that Dig will no longer remove posts containing the banned HDDVD cracking code. It was, he said, an insane day after taking down a Dig user's post that contained a copyrighted series of hexadecimal codes, a series that is the key to unlocking the encryption of HDDVD. The Dig community erupted in protests. A Google search at 11 p.m., Last night revealed 238,000 hits for the band code. The cat's out of the bag, genie out of the bottle, toothpaste out of the tube. Rose saw the writing on the wall. The publicity may have been terrific for Dig, and after all, it was just trying to comply with the legal threats it was receiving from the owners of the copyrighted code. I love, I love, I love the, uh, the, what do you call it, Revenge of the Nerds. These guys yeah. are uprising over banned hexadecimal code. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, though? This is, it, it welcome is to amazing. the Internet. 
and uh, freedom of speech in this particular case was was upheld. Uh, whether there's sort of the, the power of the consumer. Yeah, but. whether there's going to be fallout for Dig, I don't know. But if the, if Dig had continued to enforce their little uh, what they were uh, what they were enforcing, they would have alienated their core base. The people that were doing this are their core users, and they were ticked. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You get to bring up what you want. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free. Updates included. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. I sent out an update today, as a matter of fact, announcing that Free Talk Live is doing yet another auction of yet another banner ad on our website. So, yeah, you could have your business or product or service or organization promoted on our website site-wide uh, pretty much for an entire month for who knows how much. They've gone from as little as, like, 50 bucks to as much as 100 bucks. So maybe you should place your bid. Bidding starts at a dollar. Auction.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. To the phones, to the fun. It's John in Winnipeg. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Gentlemen. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Well, I, uh, I seen uh, Tenet on 60 Minutes over the weekend. Did you guys catch that? No, I don't watch, I don't make a habit out of watching what bureaucrats have to say. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, well, I generally, there's a, a crooksandliars.com, they keep uh, significant uh, web items uh, up for grabs up there, and they have it, they have it there, I was watching it, and it's really quite a shock. It, apparently, Tenet used no uh, evidence to form his conclusions to help the Bush administration uh, falsely justify their uh, war foray into Iraq. And I remember a couple of days ago you were talking about how you didn't really believe in a global elite conspiracy uh, of global conquest to uh, deny our rights. It's mostly, it appears, uh, these bad guys are, are extremely incompetent. We can see this over and over again. And I would have to concur if that's, in, I guess I, I'm going a little ways with interpretation, but that's how I heard it from you when I... Yeah, when I, when I, I mean, I certainly believe I certainly believe in people in search of power. No doubt about that. Absolutely. Right. But, but is there? A, You'd be a, a fool to say otherwise. But is there this coordinated right. evil cloak of cabal? You know, this evil cabal of people that meet in dark, secret places. That's right. just silly to me. And I and I I, I thought that that sixty minutes summed up uh, that that theory uh, quite adequately because you had even uh, a couple of days ago you had the military guy come on who has friends in the military intelligence, and uh, you know that guy. Uh, you know, with all due respect, I don't know him, but, you know, he just doesn't understand that the the war has no actual cause. There's no justification whatsoever because the military had complete unrestricted access prior to dropping a bomb. So you, the military, by attacking Iraq, only lowered uh, America's ability to bring about any better good. You could have went really anywhere you wanted without delay you could have you know you, there's a million well, there's and no doubt there's no doubt that iraq is far worse off today than it ever was under saddam hussein 
I mean, there's absolutely. No doubt. Well, they had they had universal health care, universal education. They had the highest uh, PhDs per capita. Well, universal health care sucks, and universal education sucks. You know, they, I'm not saying that what they had was great, but it certainly was better than uh, destroyed infrastructure America. and dead people laying everywhere. Yeah. Well, their education system was far greater than what America has, but that's another debate for another time. Perhaps. But, I, I mean, freedom is justice. If you guys want freedom, you're going to have to go through the difficult task of, of formulating your uh, conclusions on evidentiary findings. And when we hear Tenet fully confess now to the – I can't even believe it's not front page on every newspaper. But he, he tells – and not only that, he tells us uh, the Bush administration never asked him whether he thought the war was a good idea. He told uh, – he says he told Condoleezza Rice in July that uh, there was an imminent terrorist strike uh, going to come uh, from bin Laden through Afghanistan. But the, the only problem with that, and, and of course I believe that what he says is true, but the only problem with that, it, it was in August, a month later, that Colin Powell gave the tol- Taliban $43 million. So people have to ask Mr. Tennant, what does he feel about the fact after warning them of an imminent terrorist strike coming through Afghanistan, Colin Powell thought it would be a good idea to give them $43 million. And, of course, I know why he gave them the $43 million, but I know most Americans have no clue, and it's well, never talked about I think that that's, media, sort of, that's sort of the thing, is though it's the no clue aspect. Most Americans really... I. I don't know everything that you're talking about, and right, yeah. I'm a radio talk show host that uh, you know reads the news every day um, for a good portion of the day. So, and I'm not as informed on this, or at least um, don't sound as informed right. as you do. And the point that I want to make on this is is that um, our philosophy of freedom you said that it, it requires justice to have freedom, and right. I would like to counter that um, in that. You know, I, I would agree with you, you need justice, but um, I also would say that if we didn't have the huge, expansive, adventurous federal government that we have, we wouldn't have had this problem. We wouldn't, you know, if we weren't over there in yeah. the first place. I don't have to provide justice for Iraq. Amen. If I said, hey, I'm really, really sure. sorry. If I was president tomorrow and I said, I'm really sorry for all the crap we did, um, here's a few, uh, you know, here, here's some money, we're leaving, goodbye. And uh, good luck to you, and I hope uh, that you make it through the civil war that is bound to spring up. And I'm just gone? Whatever. And you know? I mean, that's the best I can do. And that civil war is going to spring up either now or ten years from now. Whenever we get out of there, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter. They try to, Some would argue it's happening now. Yes, it is, but it's, it's, going to be, it's, going to get, it's really going to break out when we leave. So whether we leave in five years from now or ten years or next month, the same thing is going to happen. John, your final thoughts? Well, you, as you said, uh, you know, uh, there are all kinds of people who are questing to, to steal power, and they'll tell us they're fighting for just causes, but they took all the Iraq Development Fund. That's called a criminal theft. So, again, that's not a just action. A justice, another term for justice is accountability. Your government, uh, to act justly, has to be held accountable to the people. So if the government is acting inappropriately, it's your responsibility as an equal citizen contributor uh, to uh, point out those errors and demand, you know, either law to protect yourselves or, or, or vote the bums out, or, you know, in your case, it's much more serious than just voting them out. I think some criminal proceedings certainly have to be started upon, but another time. Another John, thank, thank you, you for the call. In. Appreciate it. Uh, you know what? I agree. I, I, that, be, I agree with that concept that you know, if the government's out of control, it is in the uh, the hands of the people to stand up and do something about it. And to that end, the American people just they've been defeated. Uh, they're not going to do that, and um, you know the likelihood of George Tenet or any of uh, the Bush administration um, sitting trial for anything they've done, or any other administration, um, Janet Reno sitting trial for what she did, a- any other administ- uh, you know, administer sitting trial for this, just entirely unlikely. And it could honestly, happen. 
not worth uh, wasting one's breath right. on, as it far could, as I it can could tell. It happen, but it's not going to do anything to, to put a stop to the right. future because events of malfeasance. That's, that's, that's the point that I wanted um, to get out, and I didn't want to run all over him. But crime is about power in a lot of cases. It's about power and money. Mm-hmm. All right? So well, let's converse fear. that. Where you put the power and the money is where the criminals are going to go. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? Yep, one-stop shopping. When I stick a gun in your face, I've got power over you, and I like it. Mm-hmm. And I demand what? Your wallet, unless right. I'm some kind of sexual pervert. Right. Um, you know, there's, that's a different crime entirely. But I demand your wallet, okay? Then you put the power of government, the money of government out there, and who's going to run towards it? Like sprinters the off, the stru- right. off a start line. Sociopaths. Criminals, psychopaths, and uh, now these these sociopaths are, are in order to get to the finish line. They have to dress themselves up mm-hmm. and they have nice, fifteen hundred dollars suits with uh, you know nice hats. Ones, right? yeah. They have to yes. look good. So that's what they're going to do because they intend to get to that finish line and get to that money and that power no matter what. Plastic Man. surgery. What can you add to that? Well done. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I, I want to touch on the the defeated American people though because that's an important factor here as well. Uh, they're letting the gang beat them up time and time again, in some cases physically, like we saw uh, from Los Angeles yesterday. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you, freetalklive.com. Now, last segment we had uh, John on the line from Winnipeg, and he pointed out that you know, it's the responsibility of the, the people in any given country to to defend freedom, to put a stop to government malfeasance, to stand up against uh, evil, bad government things. And I agree, um, which is what we're doing here on Free Talk Live, is we're standing up on our radio show six nights a week saying, hey, this isn't right, what these people are doing, these government people. Uh, I don't want them doing it in my name. And darn it, I'm going to stand out and and talk about it. But more Americans are just defeated. More Americans have, uh, they don't, they would never even consider doing what we're doing. Uh, They would never consider, in many cases, even talking to their friends and neighbors about freedom or about resisting uh, government tyranny or anything like that. Most Americans, if they do, if they even feel like something's wrong, because a lot of Americans are just completely oblivious to what's going on in this country. But even those that have gotten wind that there's something amiss, even those that have you know sort of figured out that something's wrong, not just with Republicans, but also with Democrats, with sort of the entire political establishment, that there's something wrong with America, they don't know what to do about it because they believe on a fundamental level in the old cliche that you can't fight City Hall. And it's been beaten into them from uh, from their from the very beginnings of their education in the government school system, where the government schools, you know, taught kids. And I was in the government schools. They taught kids that government is good. Government is a wonderful uh, organization. Look at all the wonderful things government does. And you know, the, you get this sort of mentality of, oh yeah, government, yeah, good good idea, uh, from the government schools. When in fact, it's government that is the root of of many of the problems in this country. Well, what made you change your mind, Ian? 
I found liberty. <laughs> and uh, in, in my particular case, it's because I smoked some marijuana when I was 16, discovered that the government, this wonderful, caring organization, had actually been lying to me. And that kind of, you know, irritated me a little bit. And I wanted to know what else they'd been lying to me about. Turns out it's virtually everything. Um, so that was how I kind of got into this. But most Americans are just completely oblivious to what government's doing, and those that are aware are completely defeated, and they believe that taxes and death are inevitable. They believe that uh, taxes, not only are they inevitable, but they're inevitably going to go up, and that there's there's virtually no chance to uh, to stop it. You know, um, a funny thing is the serfs uh, in medieval times, mm-hmm. um, the it was a sacrosanct rule that the Lord would never tax the serfs more than 10%. Really? Now, they, they did find ways around that. But, yeah. but it wasn't 20, you know? It wasn't I mean, 50. These are serfs. Which is what it is today. I mean, think about more what you 50. think about serfs. You think of people that are owned by their lord. Yeah. Owned. And they couldn't be taxed more than 10% of what they made. Man, if we only had that, right? Yeah. You know, I remember going to government schools for a, a time in my life and learning about the Roman Empire and thinking about what it was like when the, when the Ro- Roman Empire was falling. And and now, looking in today's world, I'm starting to, to see it right before my eyes. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm right in the middle of the fall of the Roman Empire all over again. All the corruption, all it the can't last dishonesty, forever. and it can't last forever. It's going to right. have to collapse before we rebuild it. Right. With those lobbyists just having parties for the politicians and doing whatever it is to buy them off that they can possibly do. I mean, these don't compare to the uh, orgies in Rome. They don't. Come on. The different types of orgies. This is exactly what's happening. They're having orgies, uh, you know, uh, I'm talking about orgies where they, you know, vomit out food so they can eat more and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. They're having orgies on our dime. They're ta- they're stealing our money. They're telling you, you're going to go to jail if you don't do it. And they're just lavishing out gifts and doing whatever they want, Co- big contracts, building bridges to nowhere. Let's do it. You know, whatever they want to do. They are destroying this great nation. It's they insane. are. And, the government. And people point fingers at me and say, I'm anti-American, that I'm not a yeah. patriot. That's right. Because That's right. I don't support that? No, I don't. Well, I want my country back. Not only have they defeated Americans on a mental basis through the education system and just through you know people just not uh, not effectively being able to challenge the government and you know seeing that tax freedom advocates being arrested, thrown in jail cells. There's also the enforcement aspect as well, not just arrest and being thrown in jail cells, but also what we saw in Los Angeles yesterday with the the cops just literally cracking people's heads in. You know, no problem. Oh, that's just shooting people with. Without any sort of compunction. In fact, not only do they not have compunction about it, they're excited to do it. Put the club on the coconut, beat mm. them all up. So the idea here is that not only have we mentally defeated, uh, has the government mentally defeated Americans, but also they physically defeated them to where if an American were to think to themselves, you know, this government really is out of control. I'm going to stand up and do something about it. I'm going to protest. Then they'll think to themselves, whoa, I don't want to get my head cracked in. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll just stay safe here at home, crack open a brewski, and watch some uh, television instead. Who wants to get their heads cracked in? Really? What's really scary is a lot of people I know don't even really know what capitalism is. Mm-hmm. And so many people mistake mercantilism for capitalism. And that's where the government works hand-in-hand with uh, certain corporations in order to... Eliminate competition and, and mandate the favors. use of their product and right. all those things. And the other thing is is that people have forgotten that we're, we're supposed to be a democratic republic and not a democracy. Mm-hmm. And 
people are clueless now. And they, I mean, as kids, we've all said the Pledge of Allegiance and to the Republic for which it stands, but people have forgotten about that. We well, weren't even realizing that, what we were doing. Now it's socialist indoctrination. <laughs> <laughs> part of the problem is is that there's not a real good definition for what the word republic means. Essentially, when you translate them, um, the Democrat, uh, democracy from the Greek and republic from uh, the, uh, the Latin, you have the same meaning. So um, that, mm. that's the difficulty is, is that we, we, what we have is the Bill of Rights. And it's an enumeration of the some of the rights that we have as human beings, mm-hmm. and we democratically elect our uh, officials. Uh, you know, we officially so-called representatives, right? Our, our representatives. We we officially have a republic, but that term republic does not, in and of itself, indicate that we have rights. So, you know, there's not a good one word to describe the American government, and that's the problem. I like republic for that, and mostly that's what uh, I try to use it for. Sure. But I'm not sure that everybody. It, it, it's not. It's not as pervasive as it should. As it well, could be. Well, I always define it as the rule of law uh, versus a, a, a rule by the majority, the mm-hmm. mob. Because the politicians and the media can stir up the mob any way they like. They can manipulate them, and then they get the mob going in this direction, and they say, "Oh yeah, the mob wanted this, so we did it." Yeah. And and that's what they do. I, but then the mob makes laws. And then the mob makes laws based on their fear and their and their irrational behavior. Mm-hmm. Of course, in it, this case, what we what we have is is not a mob of 300 million people, but a mob of 535 people in Washington D.C. that is doing the same exact thing. Right. Uh, there's no there's the concept representative is a lofty one and it sounds really great and everything, but it's physically it's just an impossibility. Right. Uh, they don't you represent can't me. Represent me because uh and you can't if you wayne if you are the representative for mark and ian you can't be right Uh, mark and ian don't agree on everything so how could you and you've got your own interests as well how could you possibly accurately represent what mark and ian want it's just an exercise in impossibility so again going back to the defeated nature of americans we see it everywhere Uh, i saw it even more down in florida where we used to live it's not as bad here in new hampshire the the local People in New Hampshire, while they are defeated to some extent, they still there's still a sort of undercurrent, uh, this freedom mentality that's still around up here in New Hampshire. And so there's still a chance. It, it, the, Americans haven't been completely obliterated. The, the light of liberty, the flame of liberty is still burning ever so softly. And it's not too late. In fact, now is the most important time, I think, for people to latch on to this message, the message of freedom and liberty, and to not only latch on to it and, and feed yourself, feed your, your craving to understand the, the principle of uh, non-initiation of force and how it applies to all the different issues that are out there. Feed your cravings. Listen to Free Talk Live. Read liber- uh, liberty-oriented uh, literature, that sort of thing. Watch uh, Free Minds TV at freekeen.com and whatever other um, liberty programming you can get your hands on. And then do something about it. You know, Join yeah. the Free State Project. Move to New Hampshire because I'm telling you, it's not happening anywhere else. It's yeah. just not. An excellent book, I think, to get your friends and family members is Mary Ruart's book. Oh, my favorite. Healing one of my Our favorites. World in an Age of Aggression. And it's free, it's free on our website. That's so right. you can go and read the 90s version for free at ruart.com. Update on the Russell Canning situation coming up to give you a little bit of hope. Uh, Some news right out of New Hampshire. Our friend Russell Canning, some good news about him. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. All free. 
800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. Though uh, we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff over to amazon.freetalklive.com. You know them. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. 40 categories of products. Virtually anything you might want to buy, Amazon sells it. And if you enter through that link, amazon.freetalklive.com, then a percentage of your purchase is going to go to benefit Free Talk Live. So do your shopping there, amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, Mark, we're coming back in from a break, and you're laughing. I'm just, so it's rude to do that on I'm the radio. Sorry. Now you have to explain yourself. I'm reading the top ten most dangerous jobs in America. You know, I love my top ten lists, right? And uh, number five is uh, refuse and recyclable material collectors. And the guy who writes this, clearly a comedian, very funny. I would think this job is actually pretty safe. Honestly, I'm amazed that garbage men could uh, have such a difficult time of it. What could be safer than collecting trash in all areas of the country, including inner cities, while being totally exposed and defenseless, dangling from the back of a truck by an arm exhausted by hauling garbage all day about 13 inches above the pavement, zipping at 50 miles an hour, working hand-in-hand with a gigantic effing crusher device capable of turning the Statue of Liberty into a souvenir penny. Huh? Huh? Babies. Sounds like fun. We should hold. Can you hold that for tomorrow night? I, I will. The it's, top ten list? Yeah. Okay, great. Because uh, we're talking about, at the moment, we're talking about the d- defeated Americans, uh, the idea that uh, Americans far and wide pretty much believe you can't beat City Hall. And, you know, for the most part, that seems to be pretty true. Government's powerful. Government uh, has a lot of uh, guns at their disposal. They've got scary guys in uniforms carrying badges that are willing to do pretty much whatever it is the politicians instruct them to do. Uh, as we've heard directly from the cops, they basically say, well, I'm just enforcing the law. They don't really care what the laws say. They'll just enforce them. And I'm, I know, blanket statement. There are exceptions. There are good cops out there. But here in Keene, New Hampshire, recently, the... Enforcers of the law have enforced one particular law on one of our friends, Russell Canning. He is one of the probably the the star activists, civil disobedience activists here in the state of New Hampshire. Uh, probably been arrested three times at least over the last couple of years in a variety of different uh, things, so-called crimes. In this particular case, he was arrested for not having a driver's license. Mm-hmm. He had a, a light out on his van, and they uh, pulled him over for it. They arrested him because he didn't have a license. He got out of jail, and they told him that there was going to be a trial. He said, I'm not coming. And so he went home, and sure enough, they had the trial, and he didn't even know what the, when the trial date was. Because he, he left before he, he could find out. Right, he wasn't going to find out. And so they got a little bit upset that he didn't show up at his trial, and so they sent, uh, sent some cops to go and arrest him, and they did that. And then they brought him into, uh, again, uh, to the jail where he was for the last... Two, three weeks, I think, at this point, on charges about, you know, not showing up to court. Not, nothing really to do with his uh, driver's license issue? Yeah, nothing nothing really to do. I think that was still the charge. That was still on his rap sheet, if you will, mm-hmm. but then he had some extra charges. Now, all of a sudden, now his next court date was supposed to be May 14th. So it's supposed to be a couple weeks from now. And... You know, we were all gearing up to try to get our cameras into the courtroom and everything like that, and the activists around here getting ready for this. And then all of a sudden, uh, his wife, Kat, got a call from the uh, the police prosecutor, and just out of the blue. And apparently they said that they were going to give Russell the uh, the opportunity to, to plead guilty to a couple charges and, and maybe let him out. And so apparently that's what happened this morning. They gave him time served. 
He pled guilty to a couple of the charges that they had against him, and he's now a semi-free man yet again. What would these additional charges be? I don't know which charges. That, there's not enough information right now as far as which ones he pled guilty to, but uh, this from Kat, her post over at nhfree.com on the forum she says, the bailiff acted funny when we were there this morning. I had to sit in the back of the room, and he came back there to say to me that if I couldn't hear well enough, there were seats in the front. Not sure how he knew who I was. He also let it slip in front of Russell that he wasn't supposed to be there today. It's like he just came in to see what happened to Russell. The prosecutor, the jail, etc., seemed to be eager to be rid of Russell. They ignored or dropped the failure to process and not showing up for court charges. So they could have... You know, pushed it through. They could have uh, convicted him on these charges. It's very clear he didn't show up for court. But Russell Canning is a very interesting character. You, you know, I, I like to think of him as the canary in the mine. You know, the idea is is uh, that at one point, and I'm not exactly sure why they put canaries in mine, but something to do with bad gases. Canaries right. react a little faster to these bad gases yeah. than humans do. So when the canary drops over dead, everybody knew get to get the hell out of the mine. Um, and Russell Canning doesn't recognize the government's power or authority, and on top of that, he um, you know he knows that it exists. He's not insane. Or, he knows there are men with guns out there willing to use them, but he just, perhaps not he, clinically insane. He realizes they're just men with guns, and and so he wants to show, like Gandhi did, show the violence that these men. Uh, enact on on you and Correct. you know how kind of strange it is i'm not sure that it comes across that way to everybody it certainly wouldn't be me doing the job that russell's doing but um you know like i said he's he's the canary in the mine that's right and he's somebody who doesn't he doesn't cheat doesn't lie doesn't steal doesn't hurt people he's the most gentle person you'll ever want to meet and always has a smile it always has a smile on his he's face. a really good guy and he's he's great to be around you just feel joyful being around mm-hmm. him and when someone like that gets thrown in jail it really does expose the violence of the state. Yep, and he's doing it, and he's, I think he's doing it brilliantly. And I agree with you, Mark. Not everybody's going to realize what's going on, right. at least not at this point. But who could possibly, anybody that knows Russell... How long um, did it, I mean, but, but, but Gandhi was an amazing man in history, and everyone yeah. would agree, and how long did it take him to kick the, the British out of know. India? I don't know, I thought it was 15 years. Right. I, I'm no, I don't know for sure, but I thought it was a number like that. Also, um, Russell Canning, just an amazing person. I mean, the, just the courage to do what he does, and that is just, le- I mean, the courage to live his life how he wants to. He just lives his life, he doesn't harm anybody, and then these cops come in and ruin everything. They arrest him and, and stuff and so what happens when you arrest russell canning or lauren canario or some of the other activists that we have around here what happens when you arrest an activist like russell canning is he doesn't give them what they're looking for and what they're used to bureaucrats are used to people doing certain things when they do certain things so when they arrest someone they're used to them uh you know signing the bail sheet and paying the you know the bail so they can get right. out and to do whatever that that it takes you know to kiss whatever rings it takes to get out of jail. Yeah, Russell Canning doesn't do that. No. He knows he's going he in. He's not scared. Exactly. He's not intimidated by their system. They'll put pe- they'll put paperwork in front of him. He won't sign it. They'll put a fingerprint <laughs> thing in front of him. He won't you know ris- he won't raise his hand voluntarily to do it. He's not going to resist them when they physically move his hand onto the the. The paperwork, right? He's had to make make some compromises. Lauren, for instance, well, he pled guilty. That's a compromise. Uh, well, he he doesn't. He's not really pleading guilty, though. To his mind, you know, uh, what's the to question? To his mind, he's saying a few words no, to no, get no, out of a that's prison not cell. True. I think. No, no, what he's he's saying is, um, you know, what are you saying? What are you accusing me of? Driving without a license. Well, you're right. I don't have a license. I guess I'm guilty. 
You know, that's the way he's saying it. He's yeah, not saying yeah, he's yeah, done yeah. anything wrong. Right. He's saying right. that he, is, in fact, is not driving with the papers. It's right. more like no contest. I, Pretty much. I, yeah. I don't his, even know. His plea in front of the court when I was in there was, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. How do you plead? It's just awesome. Just the way he handles these bureaucrats is amazing. And so they're, they're just not used to it. They don't know how to deal with somebody like this. You know what's really funny is that I'm, I'm sure a lot of them grow the to like the, him. Uh, pl- the, the, the defendant right. enters the plea of uh, whatever. How <laughs> couldn't you like him? How couldn't you? Even if you were like this this hard-nosed, gung-ho cop and you just hang out with Russell for a few hours. He's infectious, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, they got they must have gotten tired of him. Whatever it was he was doing in jail, you know, just being a great guy overall and uh, just he got to him and so they let him out early. Is what happened today. So Russell once again a free man. Um, and, and you know, the, the best thing about Russell Canning, beyond all of the activism he's doing, is that his activism is inspiring people. I know there's a lot of people in the political, on the political arena here in New Hampshire that they don't like what Russell's doing. They think he's, he's ruining it for all of us. He's ruining it for the rest of us. Uh, we've heard that before. And no, you know, you guys can go and do your political mm-hmm. thing, and Russell's going to keep doing what he's doing. The fact is, he's getting attention at least from Free Talk Live, he's getting attention around the uh, the internet. People are seeing this. They're getting excited. They're saying, "Oh my gosh, there is one man who really is standing up to the power of the state. He really is standing up against uh, government tyranny." And it's not just Russell. It's Lauren Canario. She's another uh, very Russell-esque activist. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, they're, they're they're both very similar in in their tactics in that they are non-cooperatives when the government takes them into custody. If we could have twenty Laurens and Russells. Living in the same place? If we can have 200 of them? I mean, the change that could be affected is just mind-boggling. Calling all activists. That's exactly right. New Hampshire. Well, this you is know, where it's happening. I, there's, there's a different uh, thought process that some of the activists have in New Hampshire. Some of them want to get in the government and change it from the inside. Sure. And, um, and they're going to be helped by Russell Canning and people like him because they're going to give them issues. They're going to bring up issues that are never being discussed otherwise mm-hmm. and give those political people something to bounce off of and someone to point to and say, this is wrong. This man should not be in jail. He never harmed anyone. Vinny in here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 